Hey guys, welcome to the Mommy Essentials Podcast. This is your host. Today I have a special surprise. We have Lamaze Certified Childbirth Educator and a Prenatal Educator. Hi Jenny, thank you for joining me today. Hi Annie, thanks so much for having me on. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am located in West Michigan. Currently, we are hot, hotter, like how you are right where you're located. But yes. in the wintertime, wintertime, we have a much, much different experience than you do. Lots of snow, uh, like effect snow. So anyway, I am, I'm a nurse. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a prenatal educator. I also am breastfeeding counselor. Um, I just love supporting new moms. And um, I also have two girls of my own. Although we are past the diaper nap schedule days, I'm still busy in other ways with my uh, seven and five-year-old girl. Oh, I love it. So you have your hands full for sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and you, so you work part-time as a prenatal educator. How long have you been doing that? Um, just over three years now, uh, working. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really neat. Um, I, um, actually started working postpartum um, as a nurse and then transitioned into this childbirth education role. And then from there, got into breastfeeding counselor. And so just have been able to find more ways to support new moms. Yeah. What got you started? What is your passion? Yeah. So, I mean, it really, I, I think it's always been in me. Like I, even before having girls of my own, when I was in college, my sister would say I'd come home from my nurse, uh, nursing, um, clinicals glowing when it was OB. Like when I got to work with those mom and babies, I was just so happy. Um, and she just said that was evident and just seeing me <laughs> when I get home. Um, but then having my own girls going through that birth experience and my, um, postpartum and the challenges that I faced in postpartum, it just really kind of validated for me. Yeah, this, is the work that I need to be doing. This is this is what I um, just am passionate about and honestly could talk all day about. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is awesome. I can tell by the work you do on Instagram. For y'all that don't know, she's on Instagram. Hello, Jenny June. And besides just her bubbly and happy personality, she is just very encouraging and loves to focus on postpartum, just preparing for that lovely experience after baby. Because, you know, <laughs> it's it's a wonderful thing that has happened. And babies are a blessing. But your body goes through a lot. And it is really important to prepare for it. So speaking of that, what would your top 10 must-haves to mentally and physically prepare for postpartum? Yeah, that is a great question. I definitely, I feel like we completely prepare moms for caring for a baby. We do not mm -hmm. prepare moms for, uh, you know, caring for preparing for what comes in postpartum. So what I usually recommend, I mean, the biggest, I mean, of course, there are going to be some like practical things, like things you'll add to your Amazon cart or grab at Target. Um, mm -hmm. Those sorts of things. I mean, I always tell moms, they think I'm joking when I tell this in class, but like, get yourself some Depends, okay? Get yourself some adult <laughs> diapers. I tell them, you, even if you don't use, like, so I tell moms to get it in case your water breaks. And if your water breaks, it's going to trickle and trickle and trickle. There's a lot of fluid in there. If that doesn't happen to you until the hospital, you will use those Depends in postpartum because 
yes, one of the lovely things that happens in postpartum is bleeding. And you have to sit for so long. So moms think, oh, I'll just get up to the bathroom change. It's like, no, you don't necessarily get up that easily to the bathroom in postpartum because you're feeding the baby, you're more sore, all those things. So um, in terms of just like things to get, I would say, yes, have some depends on hand. You're going to want a peri bottle, which usually hospitals provide, but um, Freedom Mom. I would say a lot of moms are loving the Freedom Mom stuff right now. Yes, um, I know. So, I oh yeah. See, I I always yeah. feel like old. I'm like, well, in my day, we didn't have those Freedom Mom products, <laughs> but we did it. But I hear moms raving. The foam, the peri yeah. bottle. Um, you'll want to have on hand. Um, and then I would just recommend um, having ice. Um, they're called padsicles. You, your hospital likely will provide some, but just having some extra ones too for if you had a day where maybe you did a little bit more activity, a little bit more sore, it's nice to have that. Um, but we um, more want you to focus on heat after the first 24 hours. So also some sort of like, a. there are actually ice packs that can also be heated up so like it's ice or heat which is a nice option i think yeah i think lansano is a brand on that um of course there's several options but um yeah so just those practical things like that but then what i would also really focus on is not just those little things to pick up at target but also like your support system so this is going to be huge thinking about um who is going to be able to be at your house. And I know this varies so much from mom to mom. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to have some moms who have a mother-in-law down the street and a mom 10 minutes away. Right. But then we also, also like for myself personally, uh, with my first daughter, we actually didn't have, we um, didn't have family or I guess I did have one, my, my brother and sister-in-law were living in the area and they were hugely helpful, but the majority of our family were um, in um, New England. So I'm actually originally uh-huh. from New England area. And so I know what that's like to not have that. Okay. Someone you can just call in the middle of the night or in the morning to come mm-hmm. over so you can get a nap. So just like you have to work with what you have. So if you do have the family or friends close by, like it's one thing that's helpful, just like knowing what their availability is like, like, could you just call them at nine o'clock on a Monday when you're thinking, oh my word, how is it only nine in the morning? And I have to get through eight more hours till my partner gets home, right? Mm, yes. Um, but then for people who don't have that um, local support, can you create that local support? Do you have a community? Do you have a church or maybe um, neighbors? Or can you look into hiring help? That's an option as well. Um, there's mm-hmm. postpartum doulas, if you're not familiar with that. That is a person who is trained and will come into your home and help provide support. So just getting creative, but thinking about that now ahead of time, because even if you feel like you've got crazy pregnancy brain, pregnancy brain, (laughs) pregnancy brain thinks more clearly than postpartum brain. I promise you that. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Yes. Um, And also support who can you call? I always tell people have someone who's your middle of the night person, like tell them that they might get a call from you at one in the morning and they don't need to freak out that something's terribly wrong. It's just that you needed someone to call when it's a really hard night and the baby won't stop crying. Like those kinds of support systems too um, are going to be hugely helpful as well. So I'm not sure. Did I get to 10? I don't think I quite made it to 10. Do you want some more? (laughs) I don't recall, but if you can think of more, yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, The other way of preparing um, that I've been having moms do recently is just start 
by keeping track of what tasks you do like in a week. Okay. So make a little note on your phone or grab a sticky note and start just keeping track of what you do. Okay. I took out the trash. Okay. I just fed the dog. Okay. I just made, you know, my partner's lunch for tomorrow, all those little tasks. And you're going to look at them after a week and you're going to sit down with, if you have a um, partner, you're going to sit down and talk about which of those things can you, are you comfortable delegating to visitors okay mm -hmm. and which of those things are you not like I know some people are like no I don't really want other people touching my laundry other people are like hey do my laundry please <laughs> do, it, please. do my laundry that's how I felt like sure fold the clothes I don't care yes. yes so think go through those and decide okay what can I what can I um delegate so that's going to be really helpful and then the key part here is now make a list of what those things are that you're comfortable delegating because what that's going to do is take any guesswork out for visitors and it's not being like, it's not being, um, you know, bossy or anything like to have that list. It helps your visitors know how they can help when they come. I actually worked with really? a mom who ended up doing this and she's like, my mom actually thanked me for making this list because she didn't want to, she didn't know what to do. And she was feeling uncomfortable asking and didn't want to like overstep. And now she knows how she can help. So of course, everyone's going to, you know, have different responses, but, um, at least it's a helpful guide. Um, and then also if you have someone who's asking, how can I help? How can I help? Again, that postpartum brain is tired. Just direct them to that list. It's going to help a lot. That is a great idea. I definitely need to remember that for baby number three. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yes. That. I know. Cause it's hard if you just sit down and like, Oh, what are some things we could have people do? It's so much harder to think about it on the spot. Yes. A hundred percent. And then one that's not really discussed much would be postpartum depression. It is a really common thing that I think is becoming more and more, People not talking about it, but many people are struggling with it. And do you have any just tips on how to prevent that, how to cope with it? How can people get help if they feel that they are experiencing depression? Yeah. So actually, the first two weeks after baby's born, we have what's called the baby blues. Baby blues are very common. Eight out of 10 moms will experience this. Um, baby blues are just what happens when your hormones basically go for a roller coaster ride after baby is born. Okay. So you're going to have feelings of sadness, maybe irritability, maybe you feel more, get more easily frustrated. Some moms kind of explain it like a feeling of homesickness, like this kind of longing feeling. Um, this is all very normal. And like I said, very common in the first two weeks or so after baby's born. If after that point, you continue to experience these sorts of symptoms, um, then you may be, um, it could be that you're ending up with more of a postpartum depression, which actually is under an umbrella term, um, perinatal mood disorder. And that's because it's not just postpartum depression. It can also be during pregnancy, but also not just depression. It can be anxiety, OCD, and um, or psychosis. So those are all um, possibilities. Um, and all, it doesn't necessarily just pop up at that week two, week three. This can be any time in the first year, um, some some. <laughs> research even shows later than that um, for moms to experience um, that, you know, depression or anxiety, mm -hmm. OCD. 
Um, so really, I think the best, the best thing you can do is communicate with your support people about how you're feeling. It can be confusing because you are so tired. So you're like, okay, am I having this? Am I obsessively checking that the baby is breathing right now because I, this is like how every new mom feels or like I'm just overtired or is this possibly um, anxiety, like an actual anxiety, postpartum anxiety diagnosis? Um, mm -hmm. So just communicating um, and being open. Sometimes there is fear around sharing your, your real thoughts, what you're experiencing because you don't want others to judge you or think you're a bad mm -hmm. mom or think you're failing as a mom because you're having a hard time. I think social media sometimes really leads us astray because you are home isolated mm -hmm. and you just see your friends who've also recently had a baby and you just see their perfect photos <laughs> that, like with their baby, they're smiling, yeah. their house, their house is clean and spotless. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I am the only one struggling. And I like, yeah. you almost feel like shame for that. So exactly. I just think the more that you can be open and honest and communicate um, is going to be huge because that's when you start to get help. Okay. Cause then you can reach out a lot of local support groups. There's virtual support groups. If you're not familiar with postpartum support international, um, I believe it's just PS PSI.org. Um, they have a lot of great virtual support groups um, for all different kinds of moms and parents um, that I would really recommend. And they have a they have a line like a phone number you can call to. So I would highly recommend um, having um, that written down somewhere if you ever get to the point of needing that kind of support. Um, right. So yeah, there's just I mean I think really the bravest thing you can do is just speak out about it that when you start having those feelings um, because then you can start to get the help you need. Absolutely. I mean, I will never say that I got diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I know that with my first, some of y'all might've heard my episode on just kind of the health, pro health problems that he and I went through after he was born. And in my fifth month, I believe, um, is when I really just did not, I didn't feel like myself. I was very, my milk supply was getting low. It was almost non-existent. And I felt that I was a failure, that I wasn't able to feed my child, just a complete mental breakdown. I was very, uh, I was not in a happy place and yeah. I did not want to feel that way with, you know, I have a baby for the first time, a mother for the first time. And it was a really hard place to be in. And it took a while to get myself up and out of it, but I had to be open and honest with my husband and sharing with him how I was feeling, just where I was at mentally and he was like, look, you, you can't be blaming yourself for something that you don't have control over. And you know what, if this baby's got to be fed with formula, then that's what we're going to do. And he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And yes, y'all, he was perfectly fine. And now he's this full grown, tall three-year-old just about. So <laughs> they will Aww. be just fine. And we have to accept to let go of the little things that we thought, oh, it's going to go this way and it's going to be perfect. And it's never, motherhood doesn't work that way. And that's a really big lesson that our kids will teach us that, you know, you can plan all you want, but 
they're going to show us a whole nother way to go. Um, real quick, we're going to take a break for our commercial and we'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. And we are going to pick up from where we left off. We were talking about um, just the depression of postpartum sometimes that we get. Um, there is something I was looking into. It's called postnatal post-traumatic stress disorder. That is a real thing. Um, and basically, with some deliveries, births, some traumatic events happen during or after delivery, um, just the, for instance, I know I've had some family they were expecting to have a vaginal delivery. They wanted to have natural um, labor and they ended up having to be induced. They needed, um, I think they ended up getting an epidural at the end. And then after pushing and pushing for hours, they ended up having to have a C-section. And so that is a huge game changer mentally um, in trying to prepare yourself um, for the unexpected because it does happen unfortunately and I was going to ask Jenny what your opinion on how to how to adjust your preparedness for what could happen yeah so I do always recommend that moms make a birth plan just because it is an important communication tool between you and your healthcare mm -hmm. provider. Um, and then also just with you and whoever your support people will be in the birthing room, just because then they'll know, like I, in your ideal world, how things would go. Now the birth plan is no guarantee. It's no like document mm -hmm. that, you know, you can't change. It's just a way to communicate what your hopes are for your birth. So we hold it loosely because we understand <laughs> that in, in labor and delivery, yes, we do. Um, we, we remain flexible and we expect the unexpected. That really is probably going to be the best mindset going into your birth. Um, so just knowing that, yes, some, sometimes things do not go as planned. Um, like you explained, the having, hoping for a vaginal delivery ended up having a C-section. Moms can actually even grieve that if they, if they can end up, that can contribute to postpartum depression if their birth experience was more traumatic or unexpected, didn't go as planned. Um, that can affect um, mom's early postpartum days um, as she kind of... Um, recognizes that, yeah, she didn't have that vaginal birth that she had hoped for and dreamt of having and imagined having. Mm -hmm. So um, that certainly is uh, something that can happen. And also, I don't think very, very often talked about um, just because I don't, I think um, maybe moms aren't aware that that is more common than maybe they realize that moms aren't satisfied with how their birth experience goes and they just want to, you know, so much the focus is the health and safety of mom and baby. And yes, that is obviously an important thing to prioritize, but mom's emotions and all of that matter too. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, sometimes you don't have the um, doctor or OB that you wanted there um, and you ended up having a whole nother experience with that and 
some people have a midwife or an OB. And I mean, those are things that I'm trying to change myself that I would like to choose more of the option of a midwife and Mm -hmm. possible a home birth, Lord willing. And just to realize that there are options out there and you don't have to stick with what everyone does. Um, But like she was saying, a birth plan really does help you to kind of share what you would like, but to also be prepared that it may not go that way. I did have a birth plan with my second and I felt like I communicated better, especially since I was in labor and I could not talk and express Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. So that really does help um, prepare your nurse or labor nurse a little bit more. Um, And then uh, we were going to just basically talk about, you know, after having a baby, it really does take a mental toll on mom, your lack of sleep, your just long nights that you have. Um, Do you have any advice or tips on how to function when you don't, you may not have a lot of help. I know we talked about, hopefully you could hire a doula. They are amazing for that. What did you have to add? Yeah. Well, for your own care and postpartum, I actually like to use a um, acronym and actually it's originally from postpartum support international. So nests, so N E S T S. And that is for nutrition, exercise, Uh, sleep, time alone, and support. And so what I use this acronym for is moms to take it as a tool into postpartum to just check in with themselves every day by asking themselves in these five areas of their life, how are they doing? So nutrition, ask yourself, have I fueled my body today? Okay. Mm. I, 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 I'm the person who like, if someone's like, Oh, I forgot to eat breakfast. I'm like, I don't understand how that happens. Like I get so cranky my stomach growls that I would never have that happen. Except it happened to me in postpartum. You get so busy taking care of the baby and their needs that then, yeah, you don't, you forget to actually, you know, feed yourself. So yeah, you need to be fueling yourself. So have I, have I actually eaten something to fuel my body today? Um, exercise? No, don't stress about like getting my pre-pregnancy body back. We want to really ease back into things. But what I simply want to ask yourself is, have I moved my body today? Because just movement, especially outdoors is going to be hugely beneficial for your mental health. Um, for your sleep, how do I get chunks of sleep in a 24-hour period? I think our mindset around sleep is like, okay, it's like a you know six to eight-hour stretch during the night. That's not going to be happening during the newborn days. It's just not because of the ways that baby schedules work. Yes. And so, do I hear a little voice? <laughs> you do. I have our little. Y'all know I've got to have Maddie. She loves to be in the middle of these. Oh, Maddie! Uh, hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So sweet. I thought I heard a little voice. Um, So instead, how do we work at getting chunks of sleep? So maybe that's altering partner's schedule. So maybe partner goes to sleep a little later, mom goes to bed a little earlier, and that gives mom a chunk of sleep. Or maybe someone comes over in the morning, so mom gets a nap. There's different creative ways to do that. Um, But just kind of start 
brainstorming how that what that could look like. Um, and then time alone. So I always recommend that moms find ways to have time alone. Is that going for a bath take or not going for a bath, taking a bath, going for a walk, um, something, not just mindlessly scrolling on your phone, something that's going to leave you feeling a little more filled up than when you started. And I know that that might just be a short period of time, but just that, that, um, intentional moment, even if it's not long is going to help uh, refill that cup. Okay. And then the last one is just support. And we've been talking about that, but just having saying yes to help when people Mm -hmm. offer learning to say yes to accepting help. Um, And then if, if that is not something that you have in your current community, then getting creative thinking, brainstorming ways that you can um, get support um, in the postpartum days, because it's, it's going to be really helpful. Yes. I mean, I am unfortunately a person that I can do it myself. I don't want to ask for help. And I, I will say my kids have really taught me that it's okay to say I need help. Yes. It's okay. That is not a failure. That is not, I'm superwoman. I can do everything. Well, sure. Okay. Do you want to try that route? But Mm -hmm. in the end, going to wear you out absolutely Um, and speaking of just kind of the topic we're on right now um jenny wrote this blog um she has a website through her link on instagram and she wrote one during the spring of 2020 it's called on being a broken mother and she basically talks about you you can't run and do everything and be everything like you're used to before kids. Things change. Over time, you're going to be stretched too far and you have to have <laughs> limits. Um, and I, unfortunately, am still trying to learn that one right now. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like I can do everything and, and be that super mom. But realistically... I'm not the mom I want to be at the end of it because I'm exhausted. I'm cranky. Mm -hmm. I'm frustrated. Just all the things. So, Jenny, what did you do to try and make that a little bit easier on yourself or changed your outlook on it? Yeah. So I think... um... Well, first, I'm still not perfect at it. I'll tell you. So I know <laughs> the, the the essay I did, I just wrote it. My mom took the girls um, for the day after all this time of them being home during 2020 when it was still the very early days and everyone was just staying home and she ended up taking the girls for the day. And I just really had this realization of, oh my goodness, I just totally am someone who needs to get away and have quiet time. And I think really... Um, learning that about myself and accepting that, um, has been really helpful in, in my own motherhood experience, because I think I felt a certain amount of shame around that, um, at Mm. first, that first, like, oh, I must not be a good enough mom. If I feel like I can't be like, I need a break from my kids Mm. or like, oh, I just really need a quiet moment right now. Um, and yeah, that was, I think in, in the earlier days, especially it was hard, um, because there's crying and whining and all these things constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's, it is, it's, um, it's hard when, when there's two little people who are fully dependent on you. (laughs) And so just, I think accepting that that is 
how I was made to be, I, I um, explain in the essay, um, there's a description of people being more highly sensitive. So all that stimulation, all the noise, all the touching really does get to me. And I truly need to recharge with quiet and stillness and even like darkness, like not having like bright lights on things like that all make a difference for me. So really, yeah, accepting that and allowing space for that um, in my days and knowing that that doesn't mean that I'm not enough as a mom or that I'm not a good enough mom. Um, it's just the way that I have been made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, and I'm still learning myself, but I definitely, um, I'm on the same side there where there's certain things I learned that noises, I will hit a limit where Mm -hmm. noises just start to really get under the skin. And I'm like, uh, mommy needs a timeout. That's what I call it now. Oh, yes. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm going to just sit here for a minute. And I sometimes I might have to go to my room, shut the door for a minute and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going to get through this. This is going to be okay. Just to step away from the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, guys, on her website, she has now, I think I'm right, the free postpartum prep planner. Isn't that on the website? Yes. Yep. Oh, well, both. You can access it either way. The the link, the link in (laughs) that little voice is so cute. Thank you. Yes. You can access the link through my Instagram also. So either way, it'll bring you there. So yeah, that's a free PDF, like instant PDF download that's just going to, it's like a three day challenge to help get things ready for postpartum. Oh, that's awesome. Ooh, I need to look at it. Um, I had was glancing through and noticed it. I was like, oh, people need to know about this. (laughs) Thank Um, you for sharing. Yes, very rarely people will do stuff for free. Um, And it's just like, oh, you're on Pinterest and you look through several different things that you're like, I don't know where to even start. So it's really easy when you put it out in simple format. Mama can just print it, put it on the fridge and and go from there. Yeah. You. So when did you start on Instagram? So I started in... Let me think for a second. March, or maybe it was early April, either like end of March, early April 21. So just over, just over a year ago, um, I, I created that Instagram platform. Um, basically, I was missing my moms that I worked with because things were all virtual and I was missing all that time I had connecting with new moms. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to make an Instagram and learn and <laughs> learn a new way to connect with moms. There you go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for that. Technology can be frustrating sometimes, but it really did help us through a lot of shutdown time for everyone where you couldn't see your loved ones or talk to them. Yes, so, for sure. Uh, um, and you do a lot of educating on there. Um, what is your overall goal? Who are you trying to reach through your Instagram? Yeah. So my goal is helping moms feel prepared for postpartum. So really I'm there for the pregnant mom who's weight, who's not yet experienced postpartum, but then also the postpartum mom who gets to postpartum and thinks, oh my goodness, this is hard. And then I want to be there to support that mom. So it's helping to prepare, but then also support once they 
are actually in that postpartum period experiencing all the challenges and just making them feel not so alone in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't even remember how I came across. I believe it was a reel that I was <laughs> going through Instagram. And I'm like, I like this girl. She is very bubbly and she is just down to earth. And y'all, I have already learned so much and it has been a blessing to me. I just can save her reels and her little tips and just to be able to bounce back to it when for me. Um, for another baby and um, she also on her website makes it really easy she has this whole video collection that you click on that takes you to YouTube and she put together these videos that people have done for pelvic floor exercises just pelvic health and if y'all have heard any of the previous episodes where I'm currently going through that still with my last, with my daughter. She, um, I had really bad tailbone pain after she was born and I've had it now for over a year. I've been going to physical therapy. There are just so many things that you have to work on. Yeah. After you have a baby, your body's not going to just jump right back to the way it was. Um, so I loved those exercises you put on there. A lot of them are what I learned from my physical therapist. So it's very, very cool. Um, I enjoyed looking at those. Oh, good. Sorry. I had my little one drop the phone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) they're good at doing that, aren't they? (laughs) They are. She's playing with everything on my desk right now. But, um, Jenny, did you have anything else to share that we didn't get to cover? Oh, just a word of encouragement to mom. So just, I mean, sometimes getting all this information, um, is, can be overwhelming because it, you know, you're just trying to (laughs) prepare for everything. So just know that you aren't alone if you, when you have those hard moments and really the best thing you can do is take it one day at a time. They always say the days are long, but the years are short. And I think that it is a very true statement. Um, And just remember some days it's going to be take it one day at a time. Some days it's going to be take it one hour at a time. And that is, that is the way it goes for every mom. And so you're definitely not the only one who feels that way. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, <laughs> I needed to hear that. that quite some weeks, um, just getting over sickness in our house last week. And this week, little girl face planted in poison ivy. And, oh, no. you know, sometimes it just happens, guys. So oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Don't feel alone. And please check out Jenny's page on Instagram. Hello, Jenny June. And I'm sure she would love if anyone reached out to her through messages. If you just need that encouraging word, I know that she would be that support for y'all. And the same for me, unworthy of his grace. Um, I would also love to be there and encourage you guys. That's what this podcast is for, to encourage, educate, and to spread just joy and enjoying motherhood. Being a parent is a blessing. Doesn't mean it's always easy, but it is a wonderful thing to get to experience. Um, And also, hopefully, if Jenny um, gets time, we will have her on again. 
to just share more on the prenatal education. She is a very um, smart and informed person. <laughs> so oh, I thank you. <laughs> while we have her. <laughs> thank you so um, much. Y'all know that I'm a huge advocator for being able to breastfeed, nursing your child. It is um, not something that happens easily. It does take work and it takes a lot of time and patience. Um, so I'm sure Jenny has some good tips to give us on that one as well. Um, but Jenny, just thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I have just loved getting to talk to you and we hopefully will have you back on soon. That would be wonderful. Well, thanks so much for having me today, Annie. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Yes, thank you. Y'all all have a great weekend. And Jenny, I'll be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye-bye.